when we are doing the service, despite our best intentions, it is a natural consequence that sometimes our clients can get irritated. Now, if you have been doing lashes for any amount of time, we have all been guilty, have we not, of making somebody's eye really red after the service. That is part of using a cyanoacrylate. It's irritating. It can dry things out. The particulate, the vapors that come off of it can irritate the skin and the eyes, make it dry, make it red. By the way, a lot of people will say, I got a chemical burn. That is not a chemical burn. That is irritation. When your eyes get irritated, they turn red. Anytime you get any smoke in your eyes, like if you're walking through a casino, let's say, and it's smoky, your eyes can get a little irritated and turn red. That's their defense. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast, your friend in the lash industry. Hey, smart cookies. Coming to you from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, Toss. Hey, Paul. Excited to be here, as always. We got a good episode today. We do. No, this is the stuff that Tuss loves This is the stuff that I get all about. fired up about. She does. We're going to be talking about, basically, is it safe to put, like, eye drops like or saline, anything in the eye... And is that dangerous and where the complications can come from it? And is it something like, are we practicing medicine? Are we doing things that could potentially injure our client? So we, we want to get into all that. This is like Tessa's stuff that she loves to get in. And she, you're, you're almost willing to fight on this one. I am. Fight me. Yeah, yeah, I am. This is the stuff that gets me going. Let's fight. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a second. But before that, we have announcements. All right, we guys, today, if you're listening on April 11th, when this should be going out, this is it. This is LashCon Day. It is, should be an exciting day of festivities. People should take days off from work or this day off. It should be like the Super Bowl. You take the day off and you don't go to work and you just buy your ticket and then celebrate with your friends. If you bought a ticket, I think you should celebrate on on on, on yeah. social media. Yeah. Tag us and Tag we'll, us, yeah. we'll, we'll retag we'll, you. We'll celebrate with we'll you. We'll post you. Yeah, we'll repost you. It's an exciting day. Who knows how it's going. And if you're getting this after January 11th or April 11th, don't worry. Um, we should probably still have standard tickets. I, I'm pretty sure VIPs will be gone pretty quickly, but you will have plenty of tickets you can buy. We have a lot more room this year. We've also got a great payment plan. Yeah, payment plan, five-month payment plan. You have lots of time. And we also have rooms. You can get a room at the hotel. 
1,500 rooms at this hotel. It's huge. And we have a room block, $169 a night. I would I would sign up for that pretty quickly yeah. because I think the going rate in other places oh, is like Everything's 200, 300, yeah. $400 around the area. So if you go to the, our hotel. One, just get locked in. You just go upstairs when you're done. Like it's so easy to go, come up and down, hang out with people, and then go change, take a nap, whatever you need to do versus um, – basically being off property and they have to worry about Uber or Lyft or driving or walking long distances. None of that happens. And the rate is as cheap as you're going to get anywhere in that area. It's a very, very generous rate. In fact, cheaper than last year. So that I'm actually super excited about. All right. So what else do we have going on besides LashCon? That's October 14th through the 16th coming up this year in Anaheim, California. It is the, at the 10 minute walk from Disneyland. So you do not want to miss it. It is going to be epic. So we also have Tusney's, Retention courses coming up. We have three more for the first half of this year, and then we'll have some more towards the end of the year. Right now, we're coming to New York, May 6th and the 7th, June 17th, 18th in Austin, Texas, then in Hawaii, in Honolulu, July 8th and 9th. We also have, we're going to be at Last Boss Summit in just a couple of weeks, so hopefully we'll see you there. I think ticket sales have closed, but if they're not, you might be able to still squeeze in and come and see us there, along with an amazing lineup. Premiere show lineup we'll have up here soon in the next week or so. We've got an amazing lineup. It's basically a mini LashCon at the Premiere show in Orlando, June 3rd through the 5th. And lastly, we have the Lash Boss Radio, basically, party that we're doing with Shelby in IBS on June 25th. All right, so that's all we have for announcements. And if you have any questions, always reach out to us. We're here to help and serve especially if you have questions about ticket sales for LashCon. like what is it how do i do it i'm scared we are here to serve you and the one fear i know that almost every newbie has is they're gonna come and not know anyone and i can promise you that is the biggest thing that we fight hard against to make sure that newbies new people who have no connections no friends that we're gonna find ways to connect you with other lash artists so that you walk away with a new lash bestie it's easily the biggest aside from the biggest fear, well, the biggest joys I see coming to Isle LashCon is how many people say, oh my gosh, I came not knowing anyone and now I have three new best friends. I'm so happy because I have people I can connect with, talk to because all of us work alone in the room by ourselves and it's it can get kind of boring. And we're all desperate for connection. Yeah. We all so need it. We so need it. So, all right, let's get into this whole eye drop saline wash thing that we did a post a couple weeks ago and we had... A lot of people loved it. A lot of, oh my gosh, this is so genius. It's so cool. And then, you know, there were a few naysayers like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this. You're not a doctor. You can't do this. You know, you're going to get, you know, you can get sued or your insurance will drop you, all sorts of stuff. So, well, I really appreciate the concern because yeah. it's indicative of somebody who really cares about what they're doing Absolutely. and wanting to do the best thing for their clients. And so up until and their business point, too, yeah. right? you want to protect your business, you want to, you want to be foolish. So we're going to do full disclosure here. We've done some research and we want to give you details. So first, maybe we should explain what is it that we're advocating? Well, can I start out different? Yeah, can yeah. I start out different? different I want point, to start yeah. out this way. I want to say... That you're all wrong. No, that's not oh, what I want okay. to say. That's all not right, what I want to say. No. I want to say this. Okay. I want to say that we all care about what we do and we want to do the best job. But there are some limitations or there's some pros and cons to what we do. One of the pros is that we can make women feel absolutely beautiful. People that get lashes, they feel amazing. And the service is long lasting and it's long wearing and it's safe when it's done correctly. But one of the side effects or one of the cons of it is that it is irritating. I don't want to say it can be irritating. The adhesive that all of us use, which is a cyanoacrylate, it's very safe, but 
it is an eye and skin irritant. There's no other way around it. There's the OSHA requires like a exclamation pictogram on it. And that exclamation mark just indicates that it's an eye and skin irritate. I thought it meant you should speak louder. Speak louder. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. no. Maybe speak louder that it's an eye and skin it's, irritant. By the way, you'll see this on stuff that when you go in your kitchen and you go in your sink and you have your chemicals for cleaning stuff, if you look on the back side, you'll see at times certain little markings that are warning signs. Like, like if you go to Home Depot or a hardware store and you go to the paint section and you look for some acetone or paint thinner, you will not only see acetone can with that exclamation point on it, but you also see fire because yeah. it's a fire hazard. If you go to some other chemicals, sometimes you'll see like lungs that are burning, which yeah. means that if you inhale this, it can cause damage to your lungs. You might see one that's got like a, a test tube being poured on somebody's hands and it's like corroding the hand and it's like causing pain. That means that it's it can burn. It's corrosive. Yeah, these are basically symbols OSHA has created to help communicate to consumers about how dangerous a product, a product is. is. That's so, right. Yeah. And the good news is that the uh, cyanarchola is incredibly safe. And the only thing that it has on it is it's got eye and skin irritant, which is, it's true of like hairspray. It's true of alcohol. It just means you have to take care. Acetone, to, right? Acetone would be the same thing. Acetone is the same thing too, yeah. but acetone also has the, the flame. Yeah, because it. it's flammable. It is yeah. flammable. So the thing is that even if you are putting the lash a millimeter away from the eyelid, even if it's very well ventilated, which are all good things to do, it still is an eye and skin irritant. So when we are doing the service, despite our best intentions, it is a natural consequence that sometimes our clients can get irritated. Now, if you have been doing lashes for any amount of time, we have all been guilty, have we not, of, of making somebody's eye really red after the service. Okay. Yeah. That is part of using a cyanoacrylate. It's irritating. It can dry things out. The particulate, the vapors that come off of it can irritate the skin and the eyes, make it dry, make it red. By the way, just a side note, that's a lot of people will say, I got a chemical burn. That is not a chemical burn. That is irritation. When your eyes get irritated, they turn red. Before I've used in the past and no one does this anymore. If you have erasers and you pound erasers like when we were kids, you pound them, you get all that dust in the air and it gets in your eyes, your eyes turn red. Anytime you get any smoke in your eyes, like if you're walking through a casino, let's say, and it's smoky, your eyes can get a little irritated and turn red. That's their defense. When they get irritated, they turn red. So that's right. That's note. right. So what we do inherently is irritating. Yeah. Bottom line. You can't it's lie like about me. that. Sometimes I can be irritating. You have to look at it. Honestly, I'm just going to ignore that. Just okay. Just like it didn't even happen because right I'm by. talking about something serious. Here, oh, okay. Right? I am too. Yes. Irritating you is a serious oh, thing. Oh my gosh. I'm going to fight you. Okay, <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. All right. Because we're introducing this irritation, you don't have to put an eye drop in somebody's eye. You don't have to give them any relief. That's not part of the job, but I think it's a responsible part of trying to maintain the client's comfort and the health of their eyes. So if you want to avoid that kind of irritation, that normal irritation that just that comes from the, the service, yeah. right? One of the things that you can do is you can add a hydrating drop to their eye. And um, what is a hydrating drop? What am I talking about? I'm talking about an artificial tear, right? And there are products that you should use and products that you should not use. And what I'm talking about, the ones that you should use, is basically a lubricant eye drop that is individual for each client. And it's a single serve. It is sterile and it's preservative free. It will say that on the package. 
What I don't want you to do, don't try to save money in this area and buy a big size, like a half ounce. Yeah. Um, like a saline bottle almost, right? That you just can take. They're, and- they're usually not that big. They're okay. like half of that size, like 30 mil size, like a, a drop. And it get an artificial drop. That's the kind that you would use for yourself at home because the risk of contaminating that that dropper is very high. And because of that, they have to put preservatives in that product. And anything that has preservatives in it can cause a little sting to the eye. And it's super easy to contaminate. So you want to use something that's individual. So you can buy a generic brand from Walgreens or CVS, and it'll just say lubricant eye drops on it and make sure that it says preservative free and sterile and single serve on it. Um, let's see. Brand name doesn't matter. It can just be any brand, correct? Yes, there is a brand name. Refresh, I believe, is one of the brand names. And they have a little fancier package. Once you crack open the little vial, you can recap that one. Mm. So you can hand it to the client. I still hand it to the client, even if it doesn't have that cap open. And what I do during the service is after I've taped them up, I say, I'm just going to be putting a little eye drop in your eye just to keep it happy during the service. And this is what it feels like. And I just pop it right in their eye, just like that. At the end of the service, I will rinse them with saline solution and I get the saline solution in their eye. That's why I don't use distilled water because the distilled water is a little bit uncomfortable because there's no salt in it Yeah, and it feels like burns. Do a test if you don't believe me. Yeah. Do one eye saline, one eye with distilled. And the other thing about distilled is that you have to put it into a bottle. And if the bottle wasn't sterilized ahead of time, it can get easily contaminated and things can grow in that. So you have to be on it if like changing it like every two days, making sure that it's not in a place that's warm and it's going to grow algae and things like that in it. So that's one of the reasons why I like a, a saline solution, because it's got some preservatives in it and it's it's going to stay stay fresh. OK, so you are advocating. We talked about saline in the past. You also we've talked about the hydrogen drop. You said that's a responsible thing to do, but people, I guess, let me start throwing the objections. Okay. Okay. So some people first said, I don't understand. Cause when you did the video, you said it gets rid of the debris and people are like, we don't have debris. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean that what, what's the function of the saline and as well as the, well, eye drop is just to keep it, I guess the moist. So it's not drying out. So the moisture is basically the eye's first line of defense. Mm -hmm. Basically, we have our skin, which keeps all the viruses and the bacteria from getting into our body. Well, our eyes are pretty much open. So there's a special tear film that goes on the eye. It's not just water. It's got lipids in it, and it's got immune cells that keep the eye hydrated. And it also, it's like the first line of defense that Mm -hmm. protects against invaders, that harmful pathogens. So that eye drop helps to replenish that right officially so sometimes if you're doing the surface and you notice the redness in the eye oh my gosh immediately start putting that eye drop in it will mitigate that problem if you don't it continues to get red and the client can get really upset she is going to be more prone to go to the doctor and say i have an issue my eyes got burnt i've how i don't know how you could be so careless i i i you gave me a chemical burn the the pad got into my eye I have a problem now that I have to seek medical intervention for, and I'm scared. Yeah. If you just add that eye drop in during the service and at the end, say, I got a little bit red. It might get a little redder before it gets better, but this is what I want you to use. I don't want you to use any um, Visine or get the red out drops or any allergy drops because sometimes people think it's an allergy. So they go to the drugstore and they buy an allergy drop. Yeah. Listen, if you put that in, 
to the eye when it's red like that, it's going to sting like fire. The eye is going to get really glassy and it's going to get really irritated, especially because if you put a, a get the red out kind of drop into it, that is a vasoconstrictor like Visine yeah. and it constricts the blood vessel so nothing can get in. But that's what the eye needs. It needs that hydration. It needs the fluid as it helps to heal. So if the client goes to the doctor for this situation, what the doctor's going to say is you need to put some artificial tears in and maybe some warm compresses, but don't use a, a get the red out kind of drop, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. The next thing was debris, which I mentioned. Okay. What debris are we getting rid of? Because that's confusing. Because I'm similar. I never have debris I in my I never have debris. Yeah. Yeah. What okay. does that mean? You can't see the debris. Can you see the vapors coming off the cyanoracolate? No. You can't see them, but you can feel them. Because if you get so, so uh, close enough to the eye, you, you want to blink and you want to close out those tumors, just like an onion, right? Mm-hmm. Can't see them. But those microscopic particles form particulate that can irritate the eye. When, how does it form particulate? How, how, it's, okay. It's, it's a, it's a, so we all know how the adhesive works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't dry like Elmer's glue, right? Mm-hmm. The water doesn't evaporate from it and leave behind a sticky residue that's, that sticks that extension onto the hair. The way that a cyanoacrylate works is through curing, through anionic polymerization. It polymerizes. So basically in the bottle, there are the sticky parts of the, the adhesive are called monomers and they are suspended in a solvent. And they're kind of like, the technical term is volatile, meaning that they're moving all around. They're not, they're loose. They're not connected, but they have a tendency, a propensity, uh, they want to be connected. And the way that they get connected is through a hydrogen molecule. Hydrogen molecule is on the surface of most things. It's on the surface of the skin. It's on the surface of the hair in, in oil as well. I have a lot of hydrogen on me. Is it? Oh, yeah. Hydrolyzed ions on I you? Am, I am a giant hydroball. When you try to say <laughs> jokes, it like ruins my, my train of thought. Okay. So basically that hydrogen hydrolyzed combines, ion. yes. And it combines with the monomer and it instantly forms up chains. So think about it like paper clips that they're loose in the bottle. As soon as it hits the... Um, the hydrogen or the, the hydrolyzed mm-hmm. ion, it forms chains. So the, the paper clips line up in chains. Do you guys remember making slime when you were a kid? Yep. It's like you put the glue, you put the water in, you put the and then you put the boron in and everything leaks up and it becomes slime. The water yeah. is not loose anymore. It all becomes these chains. Mm-hmm. And so it basically becomes plastic. The adhesive becomes plastic. Okay. Yeah. So that happens when we're bonding that extension on. But the reason why you smell the fumes when it's just in, you put that drop on, and you can still smell it. You take the extension, you dip it into the adhesive. And if you put that in front of yours, you'd smell it, right? Well, microscopic particles are coming off the adhesive and they are binding with the air and they're becoming inert. So they were volatile. They were moving around. They were monomers in the bottle. As soon as they hit the air, there's hydrogen, there's water in the air. That moisture joins with that particle and then it becomes plastic. But you don't. See, it's so small that you don't see the particulate, right? It, so they're it's they're like called dust. vapors. It becomes like, like, almost like dust. Yeah, like dust. Like you see steam, right? But you know that there's water in the air, even though you can't see it. That's what I'm talking about, debris. That I'm talking about the particulate. The particulate is what people can be allergic to. That's what causes contact dermatitis. It's the that particulate, the vapors landing all over the eye, the skin, the eyeballs. You know, it doesn't. Un- Um, land underneath the pad because there's a barrier there, but it gets all over. And especially if you've taped the eye or you're moving it up during the service, which I advocate doing some of that particulate and debris, small molecular, very small pieces of debris get on there and cause irritation for the client, right? So the client's going to clear it 
she's going to keep blinking the tear films. It's just like if you, if you write on your skin Mm -hmm. in a couple of days, it'll come off even if you didn't wash it because your, your skin cells are shedding. So it's going to clear, but you're giving her body an extra help to just flush all that irritant away. I want people to understand that you're helping people by removing what causes contact dermatitis, what causes inflammation, which causes that redness in the eye. You're removing that when you do it. Don't think that it's a bad thing to do. It's helping them. Nothing but good can happen by putting a preservative-free, sterile, individual-serving lubricant eye drop in their eye. Or saline to rinse it off from all the debris that's around it. Second thing, too, I remember you telling me, it's good because sometimes there might be a little tiny flick of glue from the removal, right? As you break the bond, you remove the lash off. Maybe not just glue, sometimes crust. You know how some so nasty sometimes yeah. people's lashes Don't clean can their be? eyes, yeah. There's literal crust. Dead skin cell buildup. Balls of old strip lash glue. Yeah, so that's there. So you're just trying to do everything you can to do reduce anything that could be an irritant or cause problems to the eye. And that's why you do it. So yes, for those of you who think I'd never had debris, sorry. I'm sorry, girls. You do. You do. You You do. do. You just can't see it. Now, some people will say, well, I just fan their eyes or I nano mist, right? Well, that's great, but you're not removing that. Okay. Yeah, now mist doesn't remove it. It doesn't remove it. It bonds again, maybe, but it's not removing because it's that's what I mean. Think about it. If your client says, Oh, I just rinse my lashes every day, is that cleaning them? Yeah. No, No, it's not. You need to get in there and you need to scrub. Got it. Another complaint is because you're giving them eye drops and saline that you're now practicing medicine, that you Mm -hmm. are a doctor. Mm -hmm. And again, I love the concern because we really do need to know where our boundaries are, where our best practices are and what is right and wrong. Yeah. But are you practicing medicine if you do this? No. Okay. Why? Okay. Well, first of all, like I said, it's a lubricant eye drop that is preservative free and it's sterile and it's single serve. And it's over the counter. It's over the counter. If you look at the back of the package, there is no contraindications for it. It is not a drug. There is no prohibition. It can be used on anybody. Uses for temporary relief of burning, irritation, and discomfort due to dryness of the eyes and exposure to wind and sun. May be used as a protectant against further irritation. Okay. So what are the warnings on here? Don't use if the solution uh, changes color, becomes cloudy. If you open it up, if you look at it and, and it looks black in there, obviously you wouldn't do that, right? Do not reuse, right? So you don't want to reuse it. Once it's opened, discard so don't save it. Avoid contamination. Don't touch it to any other surface, right? These are basics. And do not touch the unit to the eyeball, and right? Don't use it as an enema. Well, I don't know, think anybody would. Because it's a, it has a tube, and you think, maybe if I put this in my butt, I kill it. This is so <laughs> dumb. I just, I, I, enemas are no fun. You, I, okay. I'll go to that. So here's the thing. This product is incredibly benign. If you do a search on problems with this kind of eye drop, there's none that's listed. We did. We said, hey, chat GBT, what are the problems that can come from this and it had two studies one from 2018 and one from 2019 and they basically came to this conclusion that no significant adverse effects reported okay so it's kind of like if you give somebody a glass of water 
you're giving them something to ingest into their bodies is that practicing medicine, water is benign. It's a benefit. I guess if you drank too much water, it could kill you, but it's pretty benign. There's no contraindication or prohibition about giving water to someone. Now, that's not true of all eye drops, okay? So if you were to put like a Lumify drop in that gets the red out or even a Visine, those are pretty benign, meaning that you know, they're over the counter. However, those are drugs. There are active ingredients in there that are pharmacological. And like Lumify is better for getting the red out than, than Visine, because like I said, a Visine is a vasoconstrictor. So it causes the blood vessels to constrict. So the blood can't flow in and out. That's why you get this blanching white look, white in the eye. But the problem is those vessels aren't open to receiving the hydration. Now, Lumify works a little differently. It's called an anti-agonist. And what that means is it works through pressure. What it does is it closes the vessels so that it's not red, the blood vessels. However, it leaves one of those channels open so it can still receive hydration. So it's a better product to use for redness. However, there are some contraindications for Lumify. You don't want to use it if somebody has extremely low blood pressure or can't use that that agonist class of medication. So I would never advocate using a Lumify or, or giving them the drop. If you wanted to, you could say this is the drop and you could put it in, but I don't even offer those in my practice. Yeah. I give something that's incredibly benign. And like it does say in here, no significant adverse effects. So there were some Myers. It said there were some allergies. There were some people that had my irritation for them. It was very rare, but there are some people that have, you've been doing it for years. You never had one person that had issue okay. with it. Let's say somebody has extreme, extreme dry eye, extreme meibomian gland dysfunction. Their eyes are incredibly red. Everything is irritating to them. The barrier is gone. The skin barrier is gone. Anything can be irritating. For example, if you take sandpaper and you scrape the back of your hand, normally you could put water on it and it doesn't bother it. But if you sand it, your, the back of your hand, even water can sting. So if the skin is compromised, if the eye is compromised in a way that's more than usual, then they can have some mild discomfort from that for sure. Even water is going to burn them even worse. And those people probably know already, and they might actually already carry their own artificial tears because if they're in dry eye consistently, they already may be doing this to counteract that and might just do it themselves. Let me tell you, it's so incredibly comforting and soothing because the artificial tears has lipids in it in the right ratio. Yeah. The saline solution does not. It's just plain tears. And it's the right pH for your eyes too. Yeah. So it's super, super comforting. The lipid helps hold that tear film to the eye and acts as more of a, a, a barrier to it. It's kind of like Vaseline or Aquaphor, right? You put that on the skin, it's incredibly benign. It's not going to cause damage to somebody. Mm-hmm. Are you practicing medicine if you put Aquaphor on somebody's eye before you put the patch down? We... As always, with all of our best practices, talk to Dr. Warren Stout, who, if you don't know about him by now, we probably quote him once every month. And he is, you know. I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? He says, nothing but good can happen. In fact, he. He says, I would actually be concerned if somebody didn't do this. It should be everybody's best practices. And he is literally, guys, just to put him in the pecking order. He is from the top. He went to the top high school in the nation. Baskin and Palmer in Miami. He was a top student in his class. And he was a professor, adjunct professor at USC and helped he find- He still is. Or still is and helped um, find the laser eye center at USC. Not just some random doctor off the street who just said, you know, well, you know, whatever, do what you want. 
he's extremely pioneer. Yeah. Respected in his field. And for him to say that I think was a huge, you know, so I advocate for it. If you are not comfortable with it, that's okay. But you will have more incidences of irritation and dryness, irritation from the client afterwards. And especially if you have staff, by the way, if you have staff and you have like, we did 12, 13 staff doing lashes, the incidents for something to go wrong in the room goes way up because of course you train, you work on it, but still something might happen. That's out of your control. Something the, the redness, thinks, yeah. how often does that happen? It's so common. It's so easy for us to, to especially to with happen. newer staff. It's more common. I know for us, we only had maybe a few times a year, but few times a year is still dramatic when you're seeing, you know, 800. So gosh, how many people is that? Thousands of people a year, a few times is enough to disturb the peace. And you should have a protocol and be ready to deal with it. And so we had taught our, our staff to put that drop if you see any redness. And it thwarted it. It yeah, stopped it. it stopped it. So I want to be clear. There was recently in the in the news a case, a recall. It's actually still current. It's from Esri, E-Z-R-I, Esri Care Lubricant Eye Drops. Yeah. Now, this is not what I advocate using. The, the ones that were called were in a big bottle one, like basically 30 mils and, um, they were contaminated. They had a preservative in it. Apparently the preservative didn't work and it gave lethal infections. At least one person died Two people. Yeah. So that's not what I'm advocating. That's why I'm saying that's preservative free is what you're saying. I'm saying use a preservative free one because it will be in a small single size dose and it will be sterile. Something like that is not sterile. So now here's the last challenge. And I will answer this one because I did the research on this because someone said, look, if you use this and something does go wrong with the eye drop, with the eye drop complications, complications with the eye drop. And like we said, the most common, if anything, ever, most, well, the most common is nothing will happen. That's like 99% of the time or more. But if something does happen, it would be like an allergic reaction potentially. And that's, we've never seen that, but they, I've seen it during the studies that yes, there are some people they can most likely to say for a very small percentage, a little irritating. That's for them for whatever reason. Allergies even less common. In fact, this maybe we can talk to Zyrus sometime about this, Dr. Zyrus, and see what is the commonality of allergic reactions to this type of stuff. But would it, let's just say that one person has a reaction, would and they decide to sue. By the way, someone can only sue when there's damages. I don't think we ever talked about this. You can't sue because you had an allergic reaction because the allergy goes away in a couple of days and there's no damages. You can't sue because my eyes got puffed. Like if, if like, that's why there's been, as far as I know, maybe there's been attempts to do it, but you can't sue someone if they have an allergy outbreak from lashes or adhesive because it doesn't do any damage. It's a temporary inconvenience and maybe you decide not to do lashes anymore, but you can't sue and say, well, I had an allergic reaction to that. My eyes got puffy for three days and then they went away and, and no lawyer's well, I, I just kind of just interject that by using the saline solution, using the eye drop, it's going to mitigate any chance of contact. I, I know I, it, that helps that I'm not, but that's not the point. <laughs> I, know. I know. So what I'm trying to get to is if there was a claim, they have to have damage. Okay. There has to be some sort of like, I was blinded. I was injured. My eyes, I couldn't go to work for a week. They can sue you for any reason. They can, though. but. Will a lawyer take up the case? If there's no damage, the lawyer is not going to work for free just to sue you, to harass you. Okay, maybe you have an uncle who has a lot of free time because he works like at some low-level insurance company. Maybe he will sue for fun. But generally speaking, just so you understand how lawsuits work, there has to be damages, generally speaking, for a lawyer to be interested in suing and doing that. So 
That said, so already we put the chances of any sort of damage, any sort of trouble, almost next to none, then would insurance protect you? And here's the answer, because I talked to two people, and the answer is, sadly, no, you're right. Insurance will not cover you. But can I say you're more likely to have a complaint from irritation if you don't do this? Yeah, letting people get really red eyes and and maybe would have to miss work because it can be really painful if it gets really red. We have had people do that. Yeah. They They had to miss appointments. They could sue you for damages saying, look, I missed two days of work because you made my eyes super red. And the best thing that would have stopped that would have been the eye drops, right? But on the counterpoint, on the other side, I said, well, if you do use it, though, the insurance wide away will cover you for lashes. If you have a good, regular, standard practice insurance, liability insurance for a beauty professional, you're fine. I don't know what people are doing. Let's say you are removing some lashes and the client's like, oh, it's burning a little bit. It's getting in my eye a little bit, right? That has happened to everybody. Yes. What do you do? Oh, I'm sorry burn, let, let those delicate tissues burn. What do you do if you're doing a lash lift and you're using ammonium thioglycolate, which is perm solution? It's extremely caustic. It's extremely damaging to the tissues. You're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to practice. I don't want to be sued. So you're just going to let those delicate tissues burn. Yeah. Sorry. I don't understand that. Yes, officially. And that way, some of you on who DM me can go, ha ha, I got you, Paul. You're right. You wouldn't be insured. You're right. You won't be insured if some crazy complication comes from this, um, you know, application. Do, but do a search. There would be crazy complications already listed in the books. Yeah, there's not. And also, I think just like you hear drug companies say, you know, if you take our medication, there's a chance of death, right? I mean, they have to say that. You go for Botox, there is a chance of redness at the injection site. There is a chance of swelling and redness and bruising at the injection site. Yeah. But then, yeah, we did want to concede and say that, yes, your insurance wouldn't cover any complications that could come from this. But again, weighing, playing your odds, everything we do, every day, walking outside your door, you're taking a chance. You could get hit in your car. You could fall. A tree could fall on you, whatever. Bad things can happen. What is the likelihood that something bad would come from this? It's next to none. We even have a doctor saying, go ahead and do it. Nothing but good can come from it. So you can weigh your options. But we want, I did want to be transparent. I want to make sure we share all that. Just have it in your arsenal. It's their tools. And I just want to just add one little bonus to this discussion. Sometimes people are like, what? I've been told that after doing lashes, you shouldn't use saline because it's going to get salt on the lashes. You should use distilled water. Yes. And my answer to this is, okay, first of all, The client's lashes are exposed to salt every stinking day. Every day. Why? Because there's salt in the tears. There's salt in the lacrimal film that comes off the eyeball. Oh, I was going to say you eat with salt. No, no, no. It's just our bodies are salty. So there is salt already. We don't see the salt on the eye. I mean, if people don't wash, you see crust, you know, and if you, if you analyze that, part of that would be salt uh, uh, and amongst other stuff. When I wake up every day, I see your beauty and I cry. And it causes my salt to build up. Whatever. Okay, so salt. I'm going to try. I've been doing this more lately. Trying to salt. Yeah, you. No, you're messing me up. Is what you're doing. The eyes are exposed to salt no matter what. Okay, so don't think that because you're not using saline, it's not exposed to salt. Ah. Listen, you would get a powdery salt buildup on the eye if you rinse with saline and you left it there to evaporate. Like for an, like but a day. How long Lay there for a day, let it dry. At least two hours yeah. for it to evaporate. Okay. Right? You're not going to let your client walk out. Who 
has time to do that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. You're, first of all, the client's going to open their eyes and be like, oh, can I have a tissue? So if you wanted to wait, you know, put a drop of saline solution on the table and come back in two or three hours and you'll see a ring of salt there. But don't do that. Just yeah, wipe it up. Wipe it up and it's fine. And by another side note, which I, I mentioned to someone on Instagram the other day, is that they use cyanuraculate in saltwater tanks. Saltwater crimes for coral. live coral. Yeah. Saltwater enthusiasts, saltwater yeah. crime So they take it, they put it on the, the, the coral, and then they dip it into the water, and they attach the coral, which means there's cyanuraculate in water. Saltwater. Saltwater, and it's working. There's a lot of salt in saltwater. So if salt was a the enemy of cyanuraculate, Saltwater aquariums would not be a very friendly place for cyanuraculate glue. So it is. So again, lots of, I know these are different ideas. If you've never heard this from us, trust us. This is stuff that you can go and research. And if you want to talk about it, reach out to us. We'll yeah. talk to you about it. Yeah. To the limit. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing today, like, did Paul? Did you listen to that I, podcast? I spent 18 hours talking to podcast listeners about all sorts of issues. And while Tusk does lashes all day. So, uh, but yeah, we're always here to try to help and support you guys and answer questions when you have. But so anyhow, please send us questions. Keep sending us DMs. Keep pointing out problems. We love when we have these discussions on Instagram. We do not hate it. We don't want to fight you. We want to discuss ideas and help grow what we learn and what we know about this industry to be true. Because a lot of stuff we know, or at least we were taught when we first got into it, is actually inaccurate. Not because someone was trying to give us bad ideas, but because I think they were taught that and they just are pushing Yeah, and as you, yeah. as you go along, you learn more stuff. Yeah, exactly. You grow and learn and there's new things always popping up every day. All right, guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my Lash homie, Tusney. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you're a friend in the lash industry. Didn't you do homie already? <laughs> <laughs>